the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you're old enough to remember green stamps and blue chip stamps, you might be familiar with what was known as a redemption center. Now, that was the place you took your books of stamps to be redeemed for various items. Is there a place, a a redemption center for the human soul? To be sure, there is. And it's at the foot of our almighty and loving God. On today's edition of Way of Grace, Pastor Jessica Stan will take us back to the book of Exodus as we witness a conversation that Moses had with God. If you will, turn back in your Bibles to the book of Exodus. We will be looking at selected passages. For those of you who are privileged to be on this journey with us, we know um, vast sections of this Exodus account. We are still in the 10th encampment. There are 42 encampments. We are in 10. Israel will experience another 32 encampments and life will change for them significantly in a short while. And we will look at that. But we are at a marquee aspect of the journey of Israel in its wilderness sojourn. A sojourn, by the way, which is parallel to ours as believers in this world. God has plainly told us that we are the Israel of God. He's plainly told us that those who believe in Jesus are Abraham's seed. He's also told us that this world is not our ultimate home, not this world planet, but this world system, because we will abide on this planet for all eternity when it ultimately goes through the real transition. I'm going to be talking to you today about things I've talked to you guys about for decades And that is how the devil loves to parody the things of God. Our elder just plainly said that he's often struggling with all these folks that are going through transition. Well, the elect are going through transition too. The issue is which one is changing you, this world system or God. We're all going through changes. I don't care who you are. You are not immutable. You are mutable. And either we are changing for God's glory or we are changing for the enemy. Am I making some sense? And what I want to do is help you understand a little bit more of what the narrative, God's story has to say to us. God's life story, love story in Jesus has to say to you and I. And because we profess to be believers in Christ, we want our life story to merge with God's life story. Do we not? And we want his love and his grace in Christ to filter our story so the world can see God through his people as we submit to his lordship. I told you last week that it was a remarkable thing that happened to Israel as well as leadership in chapter 33 when we had just come out of the previous chapters where our title was Arise, Move, and Go 
and they saw God. Remember how we talked about how Moses could see God, the 70 could see God, Joshua could see God, and the children of Israel saw the glory of God, did they not, on the top of the mountain? And they knew God was present. And just a few chapters later, they said, Moses is dead, which meant God was dead because Moses was God's mediator, was he not? How do you go from seeing the glory of God one day and the next day you're saying God doesn't exist? Something radical happened to that people, didn't it? For them to lose sight of the reality and then further move into a process of developing a false reality and calling it God. And I tell you, your Bible is prophetic. It speaks explicitly and clearly to the things that are going on in our day. We have laid out principles before for you, that which has been is. So when you're looking at what's happening now, you can see it more clearly in the past when God tells you where the principles are in that old historic account that is abiding now and manifesting itself in this present culture. And even that which is coming, even that has already been said Solomon so that we can know the future when we know the present through the past. The role of the Holy Ghost is to take things that have occurred and show you realities now so that you are certain about the future. Am I making sense? This is what we call protology in theology. The end is known from the beginning with God. And what the end will be is a restoration of the beginning magnified to the infinite order. And so you and I are looking for a new, a fresh, a renewed heavens and earth wherein righteousness dwells, but we're not there yet. And on our way, we are in a battle of parodies, P-A-R-O-D-Y, where the enemy is constantly trying to hoodwink men and women into thinking that that which he produces is God. Men and women are constantly under a test as to whether or not you know what truth is versus error. This is where the church has been called to be an instrumental voice in the world, prophetically, to let the world know where the lie, L-I-E, really is. And then the church's role is to help men and women that want to come up out of that lie embrace the priestly, redemptive, reconciling work of Jesus Christ. And if any man be in Christ Jesus He is a new creature. That's the real battle here, because there is a dynamic going on in our world that we need to very clearly see. So our title today is Arise, Move, and Go. This is the imperative of God to his people, because we're on a journey. And the subtitle is very apropos, Show Me Thy Glory. Show me thy glory. So the lens is going to narrow down to a conversation between God's man, Moses. And what you and I want to do is sit on that conversation because Moses is now having a conversation with God and, and, and the Holy Spirit is allowing us to ear hustle in on that conversation so we can learn something. Up front, before you go to sleep on me, what I want to tell you so that you can at least have the paradigm is that there's going to be a radical contradistinction between the people of God and Moses. And God wants you to clearly see how the people of God will misrepresent their opportunity and what it will cause in their life. 
and what that same event will do to Moses. See, trials will drive you to God. Temptations will drive you away from God. Trials will drive you to God if you're God's. But temptations will run you away from God if you're not his. Am I making some sense? And even sometimes when you're his, when you misappropriate a providential event in your life and you call it a temptation, you will let the enemy speak into your ear and drag you away from God. So you're getting ready to see a contrast between Moses and the people. And you and I want to be able to draw out, take application. Lord, let me be Moses and not these people. Because these people never once said, show me your glory. So what's going on with my man Moses? I, I, I really feel for Moses. I understand leadership well. Um, most of our upline pastors and theologians and scholars have said, if you can help it, PJ, don't go into the pastor. And what Moses is struggling with right now are some events that I want to call a matrix. Now, you've heard the term matrix a thousand times, and this lying culture has told you whenever you hear that word, it means you are a conspiracy theorist and they want to turn you away from clarity. But may I tell you quickly that basically the idea of a matrix is a framework that is a closed loop system. It's really a computer term, but it's a mathematical term. It's really a closed loop system where once you get inside that system or you are unwittingly placed in that system, you are going through the labyrinth of that system according to the design of that system. You are going to end up where that system wants you to end up, particularly if you are unwitting about it. Am I making some sense? In that regard, may I say this about the one true and living God, he has a matrix too. And God's matrix takes his people and put them inside a closed loop system. And he leads them according to his grace. And they follow him wherever he goes and their destiny is sure as well. The issue is simply what matrix are you in? What matrix are you in? And so right now what Moses is dealing with is... Being drawn into this matrix, he's struggling. Walking with God is not easy, child of God. Walking with God is not easy. He didn't tell you that it would be. And the major tandem qualities that Moses is going to be preoccupied with as he is appealing to God to show him his glory, the major tandem qualities about God, which are hard to manage psychologically for many people. The tandem qualities are these. God's mercy and God's justice. We don't do well with either one. Because we like to insert our thought into what God is up to, we often want God to be merciful when he's being just. And then we want God to be just when he's being merciful. And what he just told Moses under this appeal is, Moses, you're going to have to wake up, little brother. I'm God, not you. And I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And you need to close the chapter on that because I'm not changing. Am I making some sense? But we will struggle with that. If you look at your life at the micro level, you will struggle with God's providence in your life. You'll struggle with what God allows. You will struggle with what God permits. You will struggle with what God does. You and I will struggle because struggle is the way you and I grow. See, God doesn't need to grow anymore. You do. 
And what Moses is learning is that there's some things about God he did not know. And he said, Moses says, okay, God, can we have a conversation? Because you are doing things that I never anticipated you would do. This is a wake-up call to Moses to get on God's side for the next 39 years. Because they're going to be in the wilderness for a long time in a minute. Now, Moses doesn't know this, and the people of Israel doesn't know this, but God knows this. And God intends for Moses to lead the people of God to the shores of the promised land. Now, you already know your Bible enough to know Moses is going to have a hard time leading these people for the next 39 years. Is that right? And it makes sense that once he has been gripped by an event that has occurred recently, that he would say, God, I need to know you. If you're going to use me to lead these people, i got to know what you are up to. That's a good way to respond when things are happening in your life that you don't know. Rather than getting mad at God and wanting to rearrange reality and to engage in the fabrication of a myth, it would be better to simply say, God, can I have a conversation with you? Now, I ain't got, I ain't got nothing else to do, God, so I'm going to hang out all day. I'm here all month. I'm here all year. I'm not moving until, God, you show me your glory. Moses is serious about this, and I love the way the narrative lays it out. This is something that you and I want to be able to flesh out fully. Moses wants to know the nature and character of God, but you and I struggle not only with the glory of God, that is to say God doing what God wants to do, We struggle with the way that he does it. And we must admit there's a danger in our text that we need to be warned about, especially, especially when God is doing something we don't like or don't understand. That's what we're being warned about here. Point number one, I want to go into this a bit of a revisitation of what we dealt with last week, because I told you we could go deep in that. You guys remember what happened in chapter 32, verse one and two. Please look at it briefly. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down to the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as is Moses, the man which brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what is become of him. Do you guys understand what just happened? I shared with you last week what happened here. This was a major disruption in these people's assumption about how God should act. I'm going to break this down for you once again so you can get it. There's a there's a set of presumptions going on here in verse one. And there are some qualities that emerge out of that. According to our outline, sub point A, the people cried, didn't they? They cried out. They came to Aaron and cried out, and they actually spoke in the imperative because they told Aaron to arise up and move and go. And I told you last week that was an aversion of authority. Didn't I teach you that? That God is the one that tells us when to get up and go, when to sit still and wait. We don't tell God when to do it. We don't tell his leadership when to do it, but we're inclined to do that. I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it is so hard sometimes to wait on the Lord. At a certain point, if the presumption of our patience, and you need to mark that down, that is what Israel demonstrated, a presumption of their own patience. They presumed that they had a timeline that was appropriate to them in regards to what God is up to. How presumptuous we are when we say, okay, God, I'm going to give you seven days. 
I'm giving you seven days. If you don't, I'm taking the, I'm taking the, 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 uh, the hymn by the hands. And we've been told about that, have we not? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. You acknowledge God in all your ways and recognize that God's timing is not always your timing. And so what will often happen by the presumptuous Christian or religious person is when things don't happen according to their time, they'll take the bull by the horns. Is that what Israel did? And they, they usurped authority. I told you they turned it upside down, which is what's going on in our world today. Whereas God should be at the top, we put God underneath us and we've turned him into a horse that we ride and dictate a bull or a donkey and tell him what he must do. This is a man-centered theology that is part of the global transformation of the world in which I live. When they talk about God, if they talk about God, they're mocking him. And if they talk about him, they make him a limited God subject to their own whim and caprice. No such thing should occur in the life of the believer. Get over the fact that you think you know what God is up to when he hasn't told you. Sit still and know that I am God. That's what the people of God do. See, what's happening in these scenarios is simply that your faith is being tested. Right, boy, our faith is often tested in times of patience, isn't it? And so these people cry. There are five sub points here. I think five or six. Notice the people cried. Subpoint B, Aaron lied. Subpoint C, the people died. Subpoint D, Moses tried. Subpoint E, but his request was denied. Let's work that through. Let's work that through because that's the text here. This is why I feel sorry for Moses because he tried. He tried. These people cried and it was a cry of rebellion because they were engaging in a presumption of their patience. And that presumption of their patience led to, and remember I told you, they stated that Moses delayed. Y'all remember that? And I told you that that actually is an inherent statement that meant emotionally they were ashamed because of how long Moses was gone. See, we can get real angry, can't we? We can get mad. And often that's, that madness and anger is rooted in the fact that we haven't gotten our way. Right. I taught you all that. Right. Delay is a notion that there was a set time mark and they exceeded that time. Right. That's a perception problem on your part. Let's get this down. So there was a presumption of patience and then there was a perversion of perception. Why? Because they assumed and expressed assertively that Moses was dead. Was that the truth? That was a lie. See, this is a perception problem. Your perceptions and mine don't start with what's going on out here. It starts with what's going on in here. We see everything from our mind first. Am I making some sense? And so if your, your mind doesn't have a prism, a framework, a grounding, a, a premise for accurately perceiving what it sees, you will actually imagine a lie, particularly if you're driven by emotions and not intellect. I told you, think first, then feel. If you're driven by your feelings, you're going to always be deluded. Right, because your feelings are susceptible to your base nature, which is always instinctual. It's called self-preservation, right? Your limbic system kicks in and you're anxious or you're afraid or you're fearful or you're hungry. We know the rules, don't we? 
We know how that works. And the enemy loves to put you in that fight, flight, fright mode. Because at that point, you're operating emotionally and you're operating ignorantly. The people of God should be grounded and true so we can manage how we feel. So you feel like Moses is delayed, huh? Okay, what are you going to do with your feelings? Subject them to the promises of God. You're not going to let your feelings rule if you're a child of God. Feelings come and feelings go. Feelings are so fleeting. Nothing but the word of God is really worth believing. See, a grounded man or woman will let the emotions come because they know they come to go, don't they? If you just sit, you ladies know that. It's just some of y'all fan, and y'all know what I mean, right? You know, you just let them come, and then they go, and then we good, right? Let him come. This, this is come to go. Don't worry, this is a short run here. And I'm just using that as an analogy for all of us. Men are that way too. We can want something to happen right away. Now, generally, when you're acting like that, God will quickly show you he's God by paying you no attention at all. Because he's going to change your nature. He's going to get you to agree with him. If he paid for you by the blood of his son, you're going to end up agreeing with God. You're going to end up going, I'm with him. All right. So we've got the people crying and these, these qualities emerging, which I think are so prescient today presumption of patience, perversion of perspective, then a corruption, a corruption of their imagination. Their foolish hearts were darkened, as Paul said in Romans chapter 1, having inverted the authority of the leadership, which the leadership should not have let them do. Because what's going on all over the world where everything is getting burned down and towed down and ripped down and towed up and ripped up and burned down and towed up is the flipping of things upside down just as Marx said would occur when you put unqualified leadership in a position and then you scare them to death with mobs. Because these were mobs who came after Aaron. They were mobs. I told you the grammar is they came against Aaron. They came as a mob ready to shred Aaron to pieces. This is what he's going to tell Moses. We're going to get there in a moment. And so they did exactly what the people said. The people cried. And then Moses said over in verse, uh, Aaron said in verse two, and Aaron said unto them, break off the golden earrings, which are in your ears, the ears of your wives, sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. So what is Moses doing? I mean, Aaron, he's capitulating to their will. Now, their will is contrary to God's will, is it not? But you see how leadership is just going to do what they say? This here is called thuggish mobbishness. This is what's going on today. These are shakedowns going on in your world where leaders of companies are being shaken down from the ground up by these movements. They're shakedowns, and it's destroying companies, and it's destroying communities inside by this agenda that's operating by these pseudo-woke people. You do know that, right? This is a shakedown. You, you, you have a, a perfectly reasonable company like Chick-fil-A, supposedly Christian, and you're trying to serve the people, and you are honoring God by not worshiping, not working on Sunday. And then here they come, the mob, and turn your system upside down and get the owner of the company to lick the boots of one of the mob woke people and engage in reverse racism. Wake up the people's eyes, oh God. 
And now that company is going down because a shakedown has occurred. This is happening in the football uh, sports arena. It's happening in the banking. It's happening across all your institutions because I already have warned you what's going on in our world. Have I not? This is a global agenda to destroy Western culture, which is the same as destroying a biblical worldview. See, this is either about knowing God or not knowing God. Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here. Grace-Bible.com is our website. Again, that's Grace-Bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street. Here in Hayward, the zip code, 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener-supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area, as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.